Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This is from a talk I gave recently, and it's about the hero's journey. The hero's journey. Early on, getting kind of an understanding of the whole process I was going through shedding fear, embracing love, and not even knowing that's what I was doing. Pick up books and read books. Joseph Campbell. And then I watched the video series with Joseph Campbell, interview with Bill Moyers. And he talked about the hero's journey. And when I was going to do a podcast a ways back about it, I went back and said, where is that? So I went back and I found that video and I watched it. And I'm like, you know, why do anything about it? There it is. <laughs> Very good. Maybe I do this version because it's more specific. It's more specific to an emotional process. And I'll put it in a language that I use. but worth taking the time to go listen to that interview with Bill Moyer or read the book. So, Joseph Campbell, a little background, uh, mentored George Lucas on a script that became a film that was Star Wars. And Star Wars had these classic archetype roles Luke Skywalker, the young hero. The young hero that is kind of an abandoned orphan child left to his aunt and uncle, I think. And there becomes a, a quest, an adventure. Please save the princess. Okay, save the kingdom. So there's a quest, a challenge. And then there's a mentor, a guide, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that trains him, prepares him for his journey, takes him on his journey, guide then becomes Yoda. And the challenge, the quest, is to vanquish the really dark force, the evil. And it looks like a classic fight, good versus evil. Classic tale. Classic tale that Joseph Campbell talks about in King Arthur. A bastard child didn't belong. That finds a sword, superpower. Excalibur. Not recognized as a king and has to claim his kingdom and put order in the land of all these challenging forces and create something beautiful, create the kingdom of Camelot where there's order and there's peace and there's justice. Where there was chaos and fighting before. 
His guide is Merlin. Harry Potter. An orphan child underneath the stairs. Doesn't feel like he belongs. Finds out he's a wizard. Doesn't even belong to the wizards. He's told he has some great gift. And ends up being forced. Some prophecy. Oh, you have to fight this dark wizard. Vanquish the dark forces. Neo and the Matrix. A challenge, a quest, a guide, Morpheus, special power, fight dark forces, save the kingdom. Frodo in the Lord of the Ring. The quest, the challenge given unto him, a burden to bear. Challenge these dark forces, battle the even de evil demons, and destroy the, the dark lord. You see a pattern here. His mentor, Gandalf. Mm -hmm. These recurring themes are recurring themes maybe because they sell. But maybe they sell because they speak to us. Those stories of the hero speak to us about something. They're pointing to something in a symbolic way that has a truth to it within the story. Even if we don't know what the truth is. But some part of our being goes, I feel this. We identify with the story. We identify with the story. We understand the parts and elements in a way that are, that are just more meaningful than entertainment and comic books. We feel for the character. So those myths are speaking to our emotional integrity, a truth. And in a way, they're informing us of a map, a story that has twists and turns and challenges. And what they're informing us of is our own story, our own journey, for those that decide to take it, for those who feel pulled, I have to do something, I have to change something, to feel a desire, a quest uh, for something different. You could say that kingdom that King Arthur had to put peace in order to, to make whole and complete. Metaphorically, perhaps that is the kingdom of your own mind. Instead of all those conflicting voices pushing you around, tyrants punishing you, injustice going on, judging yourself and braiding yourself a thousand times for the same mistake, it's injustice. Being tried multiple times in by that trial lawyer judge in your head. The beatings being never-ending. That's injustice. And so we seek, maybe in that story, justice. Or in the Matrix, we, see a free, we seek a freedom. In the Lord of the Rings, Frodo's story, 
we seek to, to vanquish those forces that would harm us. It takes place internally. That story. In the books, in the stories, there's an external part. There's always a dark thing outside somewhere that is the challenge. That makes good storytelling. That makes good storytelling because you can see that part. You can identify, oh yeah, that's the bad guy. But the character has to transform and change and deal with internal struggles to really prepare himself, herself, to deal with the bad guy. Dark force, right? Harry Potter wasn't ready on day one to deal with Voldemort. This is the challenge that appears externally that is the kingdom that needs peace and order. But you could all just say your own personal dream and how your mind works. Does it work against you or with you? Is your belief system peaceful and orderly? Or is it in conflict and you go back and forth? Should I? Should I? No, I, oh, they'll think this of me. No, they won't think that bad of me. Am I good enough? I'm not good enough. That's confusion, chaos, disorder, injustice. So there's a battle within. When we become aware enough, conscious enough, that we want to put order to. Why always is that character an orphan, a bastard child? Why is that? Why do I identify with that person? Well, because Harry Potter, or take your pick of lead character, doesn't feel like he belongs. He's growing up in his house. They make him sleep under the staircase. Like They treat him like he's not good enough. That's one of our stories. That's one of our stories we're pretty much bound to pick up. And we feel like we're not good enough. Even if we had kind and loving parents, and they really love us, somewhere we're still going to have an experience. Yeah, They're, they're going to tell us to go to bed. We don't want to. They don't let us do what we want. It's like, no, you can't go to bed. They're not going to give us everything we want for our own good. They're going to tell us no. We're going to feel hurt and we're going to say they don't love us. We might even convince ourselves of that. And I might have mentioned it earlier in the week. A friend of mine said, lovely, wonderful childhood. Parents go drop her off at the first day of school. And she's like, they left me. They don't love me. Right? Grandparents go drop her off the second day of school. They don't love me either. They hate me. My parents hate me. I thought they loved me. They wouldn't send me here, get, drop me off at school, leave me all alone. They really love me. Absolutely convinced herself that she's not loved. Not even her parents love her or care about her. Make that big agreement. Bury it inside. Go on about other things. But add layers, add layers, every little thing that happens. 
didn't get a toy at Christmas or didn't get the toy they wanted. Oh, it's because my parents don't love me. Oh, it's because my parents don't love me. Every little thing. Oh, my parents are making me eat my vegetables. Oh, it's because they don't love me. Oh, they're making me do my homework and I don't want to, but they're doing it because they don't love me. Every interpretation. I'm not loved. Something's wrong with me. These can't be my real parents because if they were my real parents, they would love me. So we have this big dream of ourselves and a big dream of even, even if it's our real parents and they're kind and loving, we feel alienated from them. And so we identify with Harry Potter because somewhere along the way we pick up an agreement that our parents don't love us and we're not lovable, not good enough. Archetype, wound. And so with King Arthur and Luke Skywalker, and all the classic hero stories. A feeling that we don't belong. Something's not quite right with the world. Doesn't feel right. But I don't know what it is, and I don't know why it is that I feel that way. In that way, because of the belief we create about ourselves, those archetype character that we identify with. That story is talking about you, not in the way that it's really talking about you, but it's talking about the belief you have about yourself and saying, here it is, this is who you believe you are, this is who you identify with. And this is a conflict within yourself. I'm not good enough, something's wrong, I've got to do something to fix it. Belief. That core wound of the victim. And yet, a sense of emotional integrity. I want peace and order in my land. I want peace and order in my mind. I want to live in integrity and peace emotionally. Something has to change. And so to this victim, not good enough story, it feels like we're abused from the outside. It feels like we're abandoned by our parents. And it feels like people or some external thing is hurting us. And we'd better go fix it. Change it so it doesn't hurt us. But really, that belief internally is the most painful thing. All your internal emotions change when that changes. But we don't look at it that way. We don't notice that. What we look for is on the outside and we see mom and dad not being what we want. Or we see some injustice in the world and say, there's bad people. We need to go change them. And so the journey begins. Let's go change somebody else. Because okay? they're not good enough either says our story. So we go trying to be the external hero converting bad people to good people or just killing them. Yeah. Because the ego latches on to this story too. The ego latches on to this story too and says, oh, there's bad people. There's evil people. There's people that will hurt us. We need to protect ourselves from them, says the fear inside. And so they start a war. They discriminate. And the ego pushes us to be so devout in our beliefs that it rationalizes killing another human being. And in this way, 
the hero archetype role becomes corrupt. It's no longer about peace within. It's some external thing that maybe isn't affecting you at all. But newspaper reports and propaganda has got a person going off, fighting against people they never met before, that they have no personal problem with. So the ego will corrupt this myth, this story of the hero, and turn it into real external fighting and killing. The ego converts this desire for, for peace, for justice, for wholeness into stories of how to be successful, how to feel good about yourself, be a success, get lots of money, accomplish something, get lots of money, that'll prove you're rich, you're powerful, you're successful, then you'll have an emotional state that will overcome the feeling you have inside, but because you haven't changed this agreement with this false, not good enough image of yourself doesn't really happen. No money feels like enough because money doesn't change your emotional state. And we, in society, because the world lives somewhat upside down, glorify the captains of industry and finance, but now not so much. <laughs> success in those realms as heroic, but now not so much. Because we see them as, wow, they didn't really know everything, and they didn't have it all figured out, and they, gosh, they were caught up in an illusion, and doesn't seem to have integrity at all. In that regard, we haven't lost our heroes, but we've, we've shattered the myth that they were real heroes. So, warriors and soldiers, ego heroes. There's real honor and integrity in what can be done in that role, but it's just not always done that way. So this isn't to say everybody in a group is a certain thing or not a certain thing. Understand that each person's personal journey and what they're doing and why. It's personal. The other false hero I'll point out is, you know, the Hollywood icon. Oh, if I'm famous, I made it. You know, in the, in the world upside down that we live in. They're rewarded, they're honored, they're, people want to be like them, be around them. The movie actor roles, and their great heroic achievement is that they pretend really well. They pretend really well. That's their great accomplishment. And this is glorified. This is the, how the ego exaggerates nonsense. And so it takes what could be a, a real hero's journey of integrity and says, oh, let's go make it into this. Let's go make it into that. Hey, you'll feel better if you have the money or prestige or you wear the uniform and you are the hero of the country or the cause. So understand, within the hero myth and the term hero, it has different meanings. It has different meanings for with how the ego uses it and how our integrity would use it. 
And I'm just giving you some of the ways it can be distorted. So, in the beginning of this challenge, to go put order in the land, vanquish the Dark Lord, what have you, the hero is young. The hero has no training. The hero is small, average, less than average, or even a halfling. There's no chance. There's no chance. Take the biggest, darkest bad guy and this young boy, really. No chance. Now you have a guy to, you know, uh, a Yoda, a Gandalf, right? A Morpheus, right? That's a really good guy. But they didn't vanquish the big bad guy either. Well, they would have gone and done it, right? You're like, well, you're my mentor and you're, you're going to train me, but you haven't even done that. Hey, Gandalf, you carry the ring. No, that's not for me. <laughs> uh, no, journey's for you. <laughs> One can only conclude early on when you look at the dark forces against you in your journey to put order in your kingdom and have peace in your mind and in your heart and your emotions and live in emotional integrity, there's no chance. There's no chance. This is too hard. I'm never going to make it. And that looks true. And because it looks true, you believe it. And because you believe it, it feels like it's true. And it's a very convincing story we tell ourselves. This is too hard. Can't make it. Don't bother. Why even try? No way young Luke is going to kill Darth Vader. Too powerful. And Harry Potter and Voldemort, no chance. I mean, Dumbledore is at best. Dumbledore's got a chance, but then Dumbledore's dead. Sorry, I gave that one away. <laughs> And yet that somewhat clear assessment of the situation, the ego part of our mind, the victim part of the mind, turns into total victimhood. We, when we see the nature of our belief system on the internal journey, we really look at the size of our fears, our judgments, our reactions, our, the, the, the emotional poison that we spew out, and we look at our behavior like, we're overwhelmed at the daunting task. We're overwhelmed of how to do this. It looks like there's no chance we can change these beliefs, change these emotional reactions. Maybe we've been doing it for 30 years. I don't, like, I don't know how not to do them. These are the dark forces running our life and we're in a way slave to. This is the matrix of our belief system and it's, it's got all the exits covered and put agents after us. I'm in the pit again. That's day one in the journey. That's day one in the journey. That's when you have enough awareness to do an honest assessment of the challenge, but don't have the training of how to take on these battles and fight this war 
with any chance of winning. So the assessment of, I can't do this, that's too powerful, I'm too weak, there's no chance, is a fair assessment. If we look at, if I try and take this all on today, certainly I will fail, there's no chance. Fair assessment. So it looks true in that perspective. The lie that the mind turns it into from the victim point of view is, sees that tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day perceives the same challenge from the same point of view that a year from now I'll be the same person I am now. And a year from now if I'm the same person and the belief system is the same there still will be no chance. But will you be the same person a year from now that you are now? If you don't do any training, and don't do any practice, and don't take any guidance, and you don't win a little battle here and a little battle there, and take on an, eh, you got a little side skirmish, I can take that one. I'm not ready for the Dark Lord yet, but let me develop my skills. Let me practice with the wand and the sword. Let me learn to use these tools and develop my skills and my strength and my will and my faith in these little agreements and challenges and moments. You do that for a year, somewhat of an experienced warrior after a year. Think, well, not so worried about the little ones now. When those show up, I can put order to those. They're not ready for agents yet. But a year from now, you are not the same person that you are now provided you practice and train. And your attitude about yourself has changed. You don't feel as weak. And that story that's like, well, it's hopeless today. I don't have a chance to win this war today. But let's keep fighting and gaining ground and build a beachhead. You build a beachhead. And you're like, okay, we made a landing. We've committed to this. We're going to reclaim the kingdom of our mind. And you know what? We got the beach and the beach is secure. The kingdom is not ours yet. It still belongs to the judge, the victim, and the ego voices. But I'm claiming this ground that I'm standing on. Okay? You don't need to win the war. You just need, the first thing is, can we take the beach? Can we take the beach? Right? If you look at trying to win the war on day one, you're going to make an accurate assessment. No chance. But then you're probably going to exaggerate into a victim point of view of no chance, no way, ever, don't bother ever trying. That's an exaggeration. That's a distortion. Now the lies have you beat. So yes, this is hard to win in one day, but you don't have to win the whole war. You just need the first thing you need to take, take some beach. Develop your skills, win some skirmishes. Develop your skills, win some more skirmishes, and then pick larger and larger battles. This is the hero's journey challenge. Most of the time, when people look at that fight, they look at it and they go to the story, oh, that's too big. I'm too small. Forget it. 
No chance. I'm, that story right there beats them. And it might beat them for years. That belief system that started as a pretty good assessment turns into a victimization that's hopeless, I'm powerless. I'll just give in from the beginning to my belief system and do what it says. That feels like it's easier. That's losing to the belief system in that conversation. And that's why the conversation, or say in the hero's journey, the conversation changes and say, you know what? I don't have to take it all on today. Let me take one step. Let me go this far and see what happens. Let me go this far and see what happens. Let me go that far and see what happens. And oh, that story that says, stop, don't even try, breaks. And now you have a beachhead. I don't have to win the war today. I just have to fight today's battles today. The first battle is get out of the victim point of view that's deciding that you have no chance before you've developed any skills and strengthened yourself and practiced. The ego belief system is distorting interpretation after interpretation and trying to steer you clear of changing it. I know, by the way, it will do it to you under the guise that it's trying to help you and make your life easier. It's doing it under the guise, just give in to what the stories in your head are, because, well, fighting them is too much work. Resist them is too much work. That's like a struggle. That doesn't feel good. But if you just do what they say, okay. Yeah, no rebellion is easier than rebellion. But there's a price of no rebellion. Price is you give up any chance of freedom and you stay under the tyranny of the fears and lies in your head. In the hero's journey, the hero starts out with a battle in their own mind. And part of that battle in their mind is that victim voice saying, no way, no chance, don't even try. How can I get out of this? I don't want to change this belief system, this is too big. <coughs> oh, please, somebody do it for me. So again, they'll say, no, this one's for you. Nobody can do it for you. It's your creation. In that hero's journey, there's two battles. There's the external one against what we call evil, bad guys. And then there's internal one with the ego, your belief system, fears, doubts. False images of yourself, judge victim stories. This is the one that's harder to put on the script of a movie. This one's harder to display because it takes place in the mind. 
J.K. Rowling did a really masterful job of displaying that in the Harry Potter books. Constantly, Harry's battle between the two sides of the ego, the, the, oh no, I can't do this, I'm not strong enough, I'm, 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 I'm not a great wizard, to the other half that says, well, I'm better than everybody else, I can take him on, I've got to do it. The belief I'm better than anybody else. His ego was pulling him either side. Or I'm better than them, or I'm better than other people in school. This back and forth between two different versions of identity. I'm better than someone else, I'm less than someone else. And he goes back and forth, fear and doubt, pride. Fear and doubt, pride, swings back and forth. That's the battle within. I think J.K. Rowling spends as much or more time on it in the books. And what happens in the story, Harry's not prepared for the big challenge that day until he's won the battle within. He's won the battle within. That's what makes him a great warrior. He's no longer susceptible to fear and doubt. He's no longer susceptible to pride and that self-importance that can cause problems in a good fight. Neo in the Matrix. You find that he has that centerline balance. He doesn't believe he's not the one. But he doesn't believe he is the one either. He's like, I don't like where either of those go. Frodo. Frodo. Essentially comes to the conclusion, I don't know that I won't make it. And I don't know that I will make it. But I have to try. I don't know that I will be a failure. I don't know that I will be a success, but I have to try. And what is to try? Will I make it all the way? I don't know. Just right now I put one foot in front of the other and stumble and back and forth and meander in no clear path and having to back out and change directions and back out and change directions to find his way. Because it's not... Like he has a clear vision of how to get it done. And as the hero going on a journey, you won't have a clear vision about how it will get done for you. How you will do it. You may go down roads that turn into, oh, this didn't pay fruit, bear fruit the way I wanted. Okay, back up, let's try something else. Back up, let's try something else. Back up, let's try something else. And... And Frodo's battle, the fear, I can't do it, but surely kill me on the way, there's no chance. And the overconfidence, which is the seduction of power. Oh, 
I'll just keep this ring for myself and I'll do good with it. I'll be in charge of the kingdom. That's seductive power. The ego, that is like the ego coming in and saying, take charge of things. Take charge of things. Grab this power and use it over others. That's the temptation. Oh, and you'll use it for good, so just go ahead and use that power. Temptation, corruption, because as soon as you start to exercise power over others, you're disrespecting them. It's probably not going to have a favorable outcome in the long run. Both sides, both ways. Oh, I can do it, I got this, no problem. Overconfidence. I can handle all that power. Destined for a fall. But you fall when you fear and doubt, I can't make it. You fall there too. There is a a trip up on either side of the path. And somewhere in the middle is integrity. And integrity often has a story, I don't know. I don't know if I'll fail. I don't know if I'll make it. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm not good enough. Maybe those things don't even apply. So finding your place within, which is in the, call it in the realm of I don't know what I am and I don't know if I'll make it. And I'm not going to use those definitions to define myself. And I'm not going to pretend that I know the future outcome. Is a big land of I don't know. Okay? And since the ego is all about I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I'm not good enough. Or I know I can do this better than anybody else. The ego is all about I know one way and I know the opposite way. Okay, I know that I'm both of them. It does both. If that's the ego's version of always I know, I know, and def defining things with words and concepts and yourself with images, then integrity is probably a lot closer to I don't know. I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm not good enough. I don't know if I am good enough. I don't know if I'm the one. I don't know if I'm not the one. So I don't know opens doors. Opens doors and disarms the ego. Disarms a lot of the stories that the ego is throwing at you. Because where you journey in the hero's journey, you don't know. And the exact path that each one of you will take, you don't know. And what is the item that you need to work on next? Don't know. You work on what comes up in front of you. And that's okay. Not to know. These are the things that the hero works through internally. And then there is that superpower that the hero gets. King Arthur was Excalibur, the sword that couldn't be beaten. Luke Skywalker got a sword. Harry got a wand. 
Neo, he was the one with like special powers. You got to have something with you. You're going after a Voldemort, right? The really dark stuff. Darth Vader. You're not yet at that point you can put confidence in yourself, but you're like, you know what? I got this thing and I trust it. After a while, you're like, no, the force is with me and it's not in the weapon. My power to love and accept unconditionally, that's the real force. That willpower, that faith, that you can do that at any time, that's a game changer. Frodo. Frodo kind of got ripped off. He was wearing a cape. But he didn't get a superpower. He didn't get a sword. What Frodo did get is that he was part of a fellowship. He was part of a community that supported him. I could say Sam might have been his superpower. The support. The support. That unbending intent in faith of friendship and fellowship. I believe in you. Trust you. I believe in you. That support. Sometimes physically lifting him up. That spirit of community. Created a shared dream that pushed him. That shared dream of community, of love, respect, intent, kept pushing him to go further. When under his personal power, he might not have made it. That was that force of grace that lifted him up came through his fellowship, his friendship, his relationships. One of the things that was, to me, very beautiful in Frodo's story was what it exemplified throughout Frodo as his character was while lots of people were these big, tough, warrior types that the ego would often identify with. Frodo was small. Frodo wasn't powerful in any one way. Except he so clearly walked that middle, I don't know. I don't know if I'll fail. I don't know if I'll make it. But I will put one foot in front of the other. I will try. That will. And so he didn't spend any power believing he was big and strong and he could do it. And he didn't spend any power believing he was weak. So he didn't expend any energy on the ego. Stories of that. I won't say not any. Temptations at time. Temptations at time. That lack of ego could say, we call humility. What all the other warriors had in terms of ego versions and storybook versions of power and courage and skill and fighter to win battles, 
they were susceptible at the point of their ego. They were susceptible at the point of their internal dream to stay centered and be in that integrity. And in that way, Frodo was the strongest. Frodo was the strongest, and because of that, he could do something that they couldn't. He could avoid the, the temptation of power that the ring was offering to the ego. Humility. I don't believe in that image of me, and I don't believe in that image of me. And therefore, I have my faith within me. I have my faith within me. I have all my personal power at my disposal. And those stories of self don't distract me. And so I won't be a servant to this false image of myself, and I won't be a servant to this false image of myself. Pride or fear and doubt. And so he can serve his emotional integrity, and he can serve the fellowship and other people, instead of serving a story his mind has about him. A story that would have him fail, or a story that would elevate himself, that he could be better, that he could handle it, that he should just put on the ring and run with it. Frodo's superpower was humility, a lack of ego. A rare find, and something that, when a person has it, it's almost invisible to see. Almost invisible to see. And then there's the guide. The Merlin. The Morpheus. The Gandalf. They're funny characters. The Yoda. They, well, they're different. They're different. They're that guide that is the bridge between that world of spirit, world of superpower, intent, faith, love, humility. And they know about the journey. And they're guiding the young hero, man or woman. And they know they can't do it for them. This is a growing up process for the hero, and they can't make them grow up fast. Like you have to go through your trials and challenges and stumblings and falling downs. But what I'm here... But what they're saying is they're here to tell you, it's okay. It's okay to stumble and fall down and learn and get up again and fall down and get up again. And that it's worth it. Or it's at least worth trying. Because they've been to that other side, that transcendent world. And they've come back. And they say, yeah, I did that journey. Yeah, it's a good journey.
They know the path because they've walked the path. But they can't walk it for you. And they can't carry you. They can't carry you. Be nice. Be nice. Can't do it. Because then they're treating you like a victim. They're treating you and telling you you're powerless. Here, let me do that for you. Why? Because I don't think you can, because you need help. Because you're... Well, why do you need help? Well, because you're weak. Can you imagine a mother or a father carrying their child all the time? Five years old, still carrying him. Don't want him to fall. I'll get him there. They will grow up not standing on their own feet. They will grow up not able to stand on their own feet. It's a disservice for a parent to carry their child. Okay? They might do it out of love, but the long-term result is that child will have weak legs and bad balance. And what will that child do when that parent dies? Well, who will carry that child then, which will be now an adult? Who will carry the adult then? Okay? Having no built, built no muscles and no balance. So the guide knows that they can't carry the young hero on his journey. And the guide knows that the hero is going to fall down, and that's how he's going to learn. He's going to get back up, and he's going to fall down, and he's going to get back up, and he's going to fall down. And it's like, that's how his muscles get strong. That's how his will gets strong. And that's how... He will continue to take action and develop faith in himself or herself. Precarious being the guide. Got a guide? Can't help too much. There's lots of other pieces we could talk about with the hero's journey. But let's talk about that final battle. Oh, well, we'll back up. In the Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo has that companion, Gollum, right? It's like the voice in his head. So beautifully represented to me of the ego. Here to help you. I have to kill you. I'm here to help you. I have to kill you. I'm here to help you. You have no chance. Just give it to me. All right? Sounds like it's helping us, but not the good kind of help. And yet the ego, and as I talked about earlier, that in that spiritual ego piece, the ego goes with him. 
the ego goes with him. And sometimes helping and sometimes sabotaging. Sometimes helping and sometimes sabotaging. It's like, yes, let's go together. I know the way. The ego knows the way. It wants to get there. <coughs> mm, let's sabotage it. Let's try and get there, but then let's sabotage it. Okay? Your ego will go with you until you let it go. When that happens, transformation happens. Happens to Harry when he lets everything go. That happens like kind of a death. A kind of a death where he lets everything go. Nothing seems as it was before. And what he discovers when he lets everything go, lets all his stories go, it's a metaphorical death. Because this whole part of you that you were so identified with, that you thought was you, isn't there anymore. And so, this genuine self has room just to be without anything holding it back anymore. And the world looks different and you feel different. Then you're ready for that big battle. Except the big battle isn't the same as what you thought it would be. Luke Skywalker? Oh, big, dark, ugly Darth Vader. How does he vanquish that great foe? Redemption. There's good in you. There's good in you. A perception, an awareness that no one else could see, no one else would consider. But because Luke's not afraid, because he doesn't have fear, he's not blinded. And Harry, because he loves everyone so much, he finds out that protects everyone. And his foe can't hurt anybody, can't hurt him. Love is that great transformative force, really. That is the transcendent love that goes beyond. That is the other side that the guide is pointing to. That the hero wakes up to and says, This, this is, this is real freedom, protection. This is what the journey's about. So, the real dark forces aren't that dark. The real dark forces. Turned out really to be vanquished by love. And the real dark forces of Darth Vader's are turned inside out by that compassion, that respect, and that love. and embrace it, and become allies. So the story ceases at that point to be about winning. Success, accomplishment. That's the ego's version of the ending. 
the real version of the ending is a transcendent love that transforms the hero, he or she, on their journey. They become different. They become, I am not what I thought I was. I'm this whole other thing. And they know it, and they can't explain it. But that experience of what they are, that presence of what they are, after that battle, they come back. And that presence, that is the gift, the the benefit that they bring back to community, to society, to the group. That is how everybody in the community Everybody in the land is enriched by their journey. And Joseph Campbell writes about this too, talks about it. When a young man or young woman goes off in their journey, and they come back, they're a richer, more full human being. And that, in today's age, that doesn't look like a war. It doesn't look like a war, this battle. That war may be within, and it may be while you're going through law school. I can't make it. Oh, I'm better than them. I can't make it. I'm better than them. Medical school. You can have that internal journey as you practice your music and get it performed. The fear and doubt of getting on stage and playing is your internal journey. Starting a new business, the fear and doubt, is your internal journey while the external adventure looks like a business. Creating a new land, creating a new endeavor for yourself. Learning a new language might be the external accomplishment to become fluid, but the internal struggle is your journey. Everybody goes through the internal journey, just most people do it without any awareness. They go between, oh, I'll never get this, I own this. And then they fall because that pride takes them, oh, I got this, I got this. And then they make a mistake, they miss a chord, they lose money that month in their business. And it was like that elevated sense of the self now becomes a place that they fall from and the judge says, see, you didn't know anything at all. You're really a total failure. So there's a bigger fall when we elevate ourselves beyond just where we are. That fall happens in our own mind through judge and victimization comparisons. And we feel less than again, abandoned, alone. That goes on all the time in our endeavors. And heroes today are happening everywhere. Everybody's doing this. But hardly anybody does it with awareness. And so they go back and forth, back and forth. Elevating themselves, falling into victimhood pits, elevating themselves, falling into victimhood pits, back and forth. Okay? Instead of going, let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. Let me put peace and order in the land, in my own mind. Let me take this endeavor of building a business, becoming an artist, becoming a lawyer, doctor, or a carpenter, or electrician, or whatever is your endeavor but not judge myself about what I'm doing and my learning and stumbling along the way. And let me learn to create a beautiful art, both internally in my mind 
and externally with whatever my pursuit is. And your art, your creation, your Camelot, Make it beautiful. But your Avalon, your internal feeling about everything, make it beautiful also. And your creation, what it is that you create after you win this war within and you build whatever you want to build in your life. Make it beautiful. That is the genuine hero's journey. Not the ego's version where it's about winning and besting somebody else. Getting one over on somebody. To me, everyone is on the hero's journey and very few are aware of it. And these movies, these stories, they speak to everyone. And there's an internal journey and an external journey. And the battle internally I, I describe as the battle between love and fear, if you want to describe it emotionally. Or you can call it the battle between humility and ego. Emotional integrity and ego. Or you can call it the battle between truth and lies, the distortions of our stories about ourselves, about the world. Truth, love, integrity. Against fear, lies, and ego. The ego's version of the story and the version we have as little kids, or sometimes have as little kids, I know I did. Oh, I want to do something great in my life. I want to be special. I want to do something big. I'm going to do a really big thing. It's a story we make of ourselves. Could be an astronaut. Super special, heroic, fits all the imagery, right? We imagine ourselves, and the ego goes, yep, let's set that standard because we can judge you against it later and then you'll feel not good enough. That's what we do. Yep, let's go with that. So it puts it on file to judge us and make us feel bad about ourselves later and less than. I mean, that's the ego. It's like, yeah, we use that. Right? Every idealized image of ourselves gets used by the judge to put us to say we failed to meet that later. But here's my version of greatness. Here's my version of something extraordinary. Winning that battle within. Winning that battle within and living in emotional integrity and love and enjoyment in life. There's a lot of people who made it as an actor, pretending. But I don't know a lot of people that did that. I don't know a lot of people that live in that emotional integrity. I know there's a lot of people with big money, but they haven't successfully done that internal journey. You can be heroic on the battlefield by, and get medals by that standard. Lots of people do that. Lots of people die there. But to me, that internal journey, that's the one that takes the real courage. To look in and face those inner demons, to me, that's a whole different kind of courage 
and you come out with a whole different kind of humility and sense of yourself. And to me, that accomplishment of vanquishing those inner demons and having peace in your mind, feeling whole, feeling love for yourself and for the world, even though nobody may see it, nobody might know what you're doing, nobody would know if you made it, ever felt that, experienced that, nobody would know necessarily. They might, some people might go, well, you seem different. They're not going to know what you feel. They're not going to know that your mind's quiet. They're not going to know. And you don't really care that they know. You know how you feel, and that's that, to me, is an extraordinary accomplishment. That is truly something great. That is heroic. Extraordinarily heroic. Not heroic like movie star, heroic's going to get your name on a magazine, picture on a magazine. Nobody's going to give you a medal for it. But you're going to feel that emotional integrity the rest of your life. That's the reward. It's its own intrinsic, intrinsic reward. And that reward is a feeling <coughs> that you feel within. There is that you're rewarded with experiencing every day of your life, every moment of your life, that you bring to that presence, that love to every relationship. I never became an astronaut. I'm really okay with that. I like the other journey I did better. I'm very happy I failed at the whole astronaut challenge. And so you can be a hero. Everybody's in the hero's journey in whatever endeavor you do. Because you're going to find fear and doubt challenged in you. Be a carpenter, write computer programs. Be a gardener. One of my clients, she's a gardener. Beautiful, lovely woman. She takes care of people's yards and the landscaping in front of their business. She's planting joy, flowers, and that's her Camelot and her Avalon. That's her kingdom, inside and beautiful outside. And people like her. She's really sweet. They're like, well, there's just something about her. I don't know what it is. Just really like her.
They don't know what a hero she is. What an extraordinary courage it took to take on those inner demons. And they have no idea of the reward she feels every day. Doing what she loves, making things beautiful. And she doesn't really care. She's just happy doing what she's doing. Being happy in your life is heroic. Not many people are doing it. And those that are, aren't doing it all in one day. Step by step. One battle, one skirmish, one practice, one exercise at a time. And when they do it, they really feel themselves, their emotional integrity. When you do it, you'll feel like you've accomplished something great. Not great that the magazines will write about, but great because of the way it feels. Not great because anybody will notice and applaud and recognize you for it, and you don't care because you don't have an ego that's looking for that. The ego's looking for that. But great just by the way it feels. And because of that, everybody can accomplish something great in their life. They could be happy. That is heroic. And that, to me, is how I see the hero's journey. If you want to learn more about the step-by-step -step process in dismantling these fears, doubts, false beliefs that make up the ego, you can check out the free sessions of the Self-Mastery Course at my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. And there's also my book, MindWorks, very practical exercises and a very in-depth explanation of how to address these very issues as well. Thank you very much. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com.